In this week's episode, eBay is hemorrhaging users, sales, and more, yet their stock is up. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I will be your host once again today. Thank you to all of you who stopped out on Wednesday to see my uh, reselling conversation with Jeff Doris. If you haven't caught that, the replay is available on YouTube. Uh, and of course, the podcast, the audio portion of that is available as well. So that was a good time. I've got another interview scheduled for this week. Wednesday, it will not be live, but I'll be talking to Brandon, uh, the media picker over on Instagram. So that episode should be published on Thursday. So, but enough of that. Uh, let's get into this reselling news because it's a pretty interesting week. News updates. So, eBay uh, announced their second quarter business results last week, and they were not pretty. <laughs> uh, people have been discussing for quite some time that their individual, their own personal sales have been down on eBay. And eBay's results certainly reflected that. Although, oddly, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, in the headline, their shares actually rose on the news because eBay beat the estimates that most of the experts had laid out for them. So while things were bad, I guess, you would say they were not as bad as people were expecting, and the stock market re responded fairly favorably to that. So eBay reported second quarter revenue that beat expectations and an upbeat profit outlook, evidence that the new focus on luxury items and collectibles is helping offset slowing sales and customer traffic. Their shares, they note, rose about 5%, which still leaves them down about 27% year-to-date, although that's kind of in line with what the, the stock market overall has done. So it's they're not performing worse than the stock market at large, but still, it's not, uh, it's not pretty. Sales were reported at $2.29 billion uh, in the period ending in September. That's what they're projecting. Analysts, on average projected 2.3 billion. Earnings excluding some items will be somewhere between 89 cents and 95 cents a share, which is in line with what estimates are from the experts. Their chief executive officer has turned to higher priced products like watches and brand name sneakers to try to boost spending on the marketplace and to lure more shoppers in June. As we talked about, they have unveiled a 31,000 square foot eBay vault which is a temperature-controlled facility where collectors can store valuables, monitor their market value, and sell them to other buyers. For the quarter, eBay sales decreased 9% to $2.42 billion. Analysts, on average, only expected $2.37 billion. So, again, they exceeded those expectations. Uh, for their part, the article notes that Amazon also reported uh, second quarter revenue that topped Estimates, although sales from its online store were down 4%. eBay ended the quarter with 138 million active buyers, which was down 12% from a year earlier. And gross merchandise volume, which is the value of all goods sold on the site, fell a whopping 18%. So, and you as an individual seller have probably felt some of that because I see 
anecdotally on the Facebook groups and Instagram and so on that people are reporting that their sales are down. So the stock market reacted fairly favorable to this kind of short-term news, but there is another side to this. There's an article, and of course I will link to all of these in the show notes and the video description below on Marketplace Pulse. It said, eBay has lost the pandemic's e-commerce surge. eBay, it notes, has lost all sales growth from the pandemic's e-commerce surge and will finish 2022 with gross merchandise volume at 2019 levels. According to eBay's guidance, again, the gross merchandise volume in 2022 will reach somewhere between $72.7 and $74.7 billion, which is nearly identical to what they did in 2019, which, of course, is prior to the pandemic. Their gross merchandise volume, this article indicates, will shrink by roughly $14 billion from $87.6 billion in 2020 and $87.3 in 2021. eBay, they note, had little growth over the five years leading up to 2020. When COVID came, eBay benefited from other retailers being out of stock. That brought many buyers back to eBay, thus resulting in a $14 billion spending increase in 2020 that it did sustain in 2022, but ultimately it's turned out, at least for eBay, to be a temporary surge. They are giving up the pandemic's gains in international markets faster than in the U.S. For example, in the second quarter of 2022, U.S. gross merchandise volume was still up 15% from quarter two of 2019, but international was down 3 Sales in the U.S. will finish the year above 2019 levels, but this article notes could weaken further in 2020. E-commerce in the U.S. was up a staggering 80% over the same 2019 to 2022 period that eBay grew 15% in the U.S. So they kind of lagged behind what the the wider market was doing. E-commerce penetration figures haven't increased drastically during the pandemic, and but spending has increased enormously because eBay did not keep up. Its market share is down to 3.5% from 10% less than a decade ago. Now, obviously, Amazon is the 800-pound gorilla. They get the lion's share of this. But with all of the other marketplaces coming on board, eBay's market share is down substantially down to 3.5% from 10. eBay, it notes, has hundreds of competitors that took categories eBay had built and built their own business around an improved experience. It is losing sales to marketplaces like StockX, Etsy, Vinted, Farfetch, Facebook Marketplace, and others. It still has, however, five categories that generate over $10 billion in sales, motors, parts, and accessories, electronics, collectibles, home and garden, and fashion. Nevertheless, eBay has refocused on select categories it calls quote-unquote focus categories and high-spending users nicknamed quote enthusiast buyers. These categories include jewelry, sneakers, handbags, and collectibles like trading cards. These buyers only represent about 12% of active buyers on the site, but They shop multiple times a year and spend more than the average user. So that, again, is eBay's kind of their strategy at this point is to sell more of these higher dollar items to fewer people, but for more money. So I don't know where that leaves the average run of the mill reseller. Um, Obviously, the site is still there, but they are not actively driving traffic to those listings like they did in the past. 
that may be an area where you might want to consider looking at promoted listings or those kind of things to help boost your individual listings within a particular category because eBay does not appear to be doing it for you. Uh, They conclude by saying, thus, while eBay is much bigger than the few categories and selection of users, it is focused on niches and buyers it thinks it can serve well. That likely means gross merchandise volume and active buyers will continue to drop before eBay finds a bottom and settles into its new role. So you're going to continue to see, at least according to this analyst, with eBay's current focus, all of their relevant numbers dropping in terms of sales, active users, buyers, gross merchandise volume, and so on. The idea, of course, is they hope that their margins will increase, that they'll drive more profitable business and ultimately make more money, obviously for themselves and for their shareholders. Speaking of competition, uh, the hits just keep coming. Uh, The massive music and broadcasting gear company, Sweetwater has announced that they are now going to do a secondhand marketplace for those type of items. Uh, This article, which is on Music Radar, says, Is this Sweetwater's reverb and eBay beater? The retail giant has launched U.S. Gear Exchange secondhand marketplace, and it includes the option for zero seller fees. So if you are a seller of musical equipment, microphones, mixers, soundboards, Sweetwater carries all kinds of stuff. They carry the Rodecaster Pro that I use, anything like that. If you're selling in that category, you may want to look into Sweetwater's gear exchange. They have entered this secondhand uh, gear fray, launching this marketplace to challenge the established forces like Reverb, who I believe is owned by Etsy, if I'm not mistaken, and of course eBay. Registered and verified users can list individual items or even build their own gear exchange storefronts with customization options aplenty, making this a viable option for existing used instrument stores, both virtual and real. Full address details, slots for biographical info and return policies and terms can be included within these storefronts. Individual musicians or businesses will be able to list multiple items or entire stock ranges with suitably enticing picks and video. In fact, they note the service requires detailed shots of the actual gear on sale and will reward trusted verified sellers with badges displaying the length of their gear exchange tenure. So you can't put up just like a stock photo of a guitar or whatever and expect that uh, gear exchange is going to allow that to fly. They want pictures of the actual gear. So uh, they are doing a zero fees for sellers through October 31st if you choose a Sweetwater gift card as a payout. So that is probably aimed more at individual sellers than business sellers because you're probably not going to be buying new gear. But uh, they say, being avid music makers ourselves, we know how real the connection can be between the musician and their gear, uh, said Sweetwater CMO David Stewart. It goes beyond just being an instrument and becomes an extension of the artist, whether it's someone's first guitar or an old recording interface, every piece of gear has a story. The gear exchange, they say, provides music makers and gearheads the opportunity to find a common place to buy and sell items, sharing the remarkable stories behind each unique piece. We are excited to provide a new form for artists to find the perfect equipment to make the music they love. 
they are aiming to get this thing up and running by, again, waiving all selling fees until October 31st if Sweetwater gift cards are the form of payment. There is a link in the article if you're interested in participating with uh, Sweetwater's new gear exchange program. But again, if you sell in those categories and eBay is not getting it done for you, this may be a terrific opportunity because Sweetwater has a terrific reputation in that particular industry. Uh, the last bit of news, this was a really interesting article in the Philadelphia Enquirer. Um, it's not, again, it's not necessarily reseller related other than uh, this person bought something on Etsy and it, <laughs> uh, it did not work out well for them. So a Philadelphia protester identified through an Etsy purchase was sentenced to two and a half years for torching police cars. Uh, she apparently has already served more than two years of a sentence for something previous. So the judge is not going to make her serve out this whole time. But this was a really interesting story. A woman who admitted torching police cars amid the 2020 racial injustice protests at Royaled Philadelphia was sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison on Thursday, the stiffest sentence yet in a case against the six demonstrators who have been charged with similar crimes. Again, because she has been held in custody since her arrest two years ago, she could be released in a matter of months. The judge said she has already endured significant punishment, and he was convinced that she had learned from her experience. Um, agents picked her out, apparently, because she was wearing a distinctive T-shirt that day, emblazoned with the slogan, Keep the Immigrants, Deport the Racists, and they traced it back to the online marketplace Etsy. From there, they used her handle on the site to follow a trail of online breadcrumbs back to a YouTube video she'd filmed for her massage therapy business. At the time, then-U.S. Attorney uh, Bill McSwain held her case up as, as an example of the type of violent and despicable acts that he said had endangered lives and marred the largely peaceful demonstrations over the police killing of George Floyd and vowed to pursue arson charges that would put her in prison for a minimum of seven years. She ultimately pled guilty to a lesser charge, uh, but just fascinating that you just, <laughs> you never know when you're out and somebody takes a picture of you or you buy something on an online marketplace and then you wear it and they uh, tracked this person down through her purchases on Etsy. So that to me is just a wild, wild story. So I guess the moral of the story is don't, don't set police cars on fire <laughs> uh, for starters, but man, interesting stuff. Uh, please leave me a comment what you think about that or any of the other stories and shenanigans going on, particularly over at eBay. If this is the kind of content that you like, getting this in early this time, please whack the thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube. If you are not a subscriber on YouTube or a follower of the podcast, I would be deeply appreciative if you would do that. That out of the way, let's do a little bit of what sold. This will be a fairly brief one this week. I think I've only got five things to share. And if I'm not mistaken, they are once again, all books. This first item, um, interesting book paperback that was in the big lot of books that I've talked about and we'll probably continue to talk about for the next multiples of years. <laughs> uh, so I'm into this thing for about a nickel. The Hidden History of the Korean War by I.F. Stone, America's First Vietnam. It was a 1971 trade paperback. Went for $22.99 plus media mail shipping over on 
eBay. Here was a lot of two older books, Portugal and the Portuguese World from 1957, and This is Spain from 1951. These were both hardcovers with their dust jackets from a writer named Richard Patty. Um, kind of the history of those two because they were both by the same author and were relatively part of the same part of the world, the Iberian Peninsula or whatever. I put these two together in a lot rather than selling them individually. I had it listed for $32.99 plus shipping on eBay. I received a best offer of $28, which was obviously $14 a book. I own these for $0.50 a piece from an estate sale buyout, and I went ahead and took that deal. For sale on Etsy for the week, uh, the English to Hebrew Dictionary, a 12th edition from 1953. This book, if you're watching on YouTube, the picture's probably pretty small, but it was in pretty bad condition. Uh, the spine, both the front and the back covers were separating from the spine about a third of the way down. It was pretty rough, but it's a very, very unusual piece because it was in less than pristine condition. I listed this at a pretty aggressive price. It was $32.49, plus, again, media, mail, customer-paid shipping. Here was an interesting one. These are some magazines uh, I bought out at an estate. Again, they had tubs and tubs of vintage, like, 1950s through 1970s modeling magazines. So, scale model, model aircraft, that sort of thing. They... They were asking a dollar per issue, and they had like four or five boxes of them. I was there on the last day of the sale. I said, you know what? A dollar an issue is a little too much for my taste, but if you'd sell them for 10 bucks per box, I'll take them all and get them out of here. In a nutshell, I ended up paying about eight cents, nine cents a piece for all these magazines. I had a customer that reached out to me. They were looking for Scale Modeler Magazine. They had found one, which they purchased individually, and they said, do you have any more? And I'm like, do I ever? <laughs> uh, so I sent him a list of all the ones that I had available. He selected uh, seven or eight more, and I created a custom lot for essentially $40 plus the difference in shipping that he had already paid for the first magazine he bought. So it ended up being $41.34 for seven magazines that I own for less than 10 cents a piece. Back over to Etsy. Uh, this was a book from 1960. It was the Libra edition of Walden by Henry David Thoreau. This was a illustrated hardcover in a really nice slipcase. Again, anything like that where you get a special edition, if it's got its slipcase, even if the case is not in the best of shape, this had some corner crushing on it, which of course was disclosed in the listing and in the photos. This thing was purchased at an estate sale for one whole dollar, and it sold for $47.99, again, plus media mail shipping. This item, because of being in a slipcase and being a little bit more of an unusual item, I did actually ship this out in a box rather than in a bubble mailer. I will do that occasionally for kind of the higher-priced items, and again, I specified that in the listing. And now... Your flip of the week, this is an old 1958 uh, fiction novel, Angelique by Sergianne Golan. Never heard of her, never heard of this book, but it was a original hardcover in its dust jacket from the J.B. Lippincott Company. 
had this thing listed on Etsy for $54.99 plus customer paid shipping. And that is the flip of the week. So not, it was actually a really busy week. I had three days this week where I had over 25 orders (laughs) uh, in a day. So I have shipped out a ton of stuff this week, but those were the only things really in that kind of over $20, $25 category that I, I feel like I can justify sharing on the podcast. But all in all, it was a really good week. Etsy continues to do good business. It's still anywhere from seven to 10 orders a week. It is still tripling or better what I'm doing on Mercari in terms of dollar volume. So it's been a a super supplement to my business and has kind of offset the both the summer slowdown and the downward trend that we discussed at the beginning of this episode over on eBay. So again, if you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments uh, what your experience has been this summer on eBay. Are your sales up? Are they down? Are they consistent? If they're up, what is it that you have done to kind of share with the rest of the viewers and the listeners to improve your business over on eBay. I know like Resale Dojo, his sales have been off the chart, but he has really focused on improving his average selling price and getting more stuff listed. If you're still kind of just doing the same thing you've always done, what's the result? Are things better or worse? Are you trying new things? Are you trying promoted listings? What What's going on in your business and how is it going? All of that having been said, Uh, This is a fairly short episode. We did, obviously, the interview last week. I've got another one coming up this week. So, But I did want to give you a quick update on the news because, the obviously, the news over at eBay, while their stock price is up, the news over there is not all good, uh, I guess, unless you sell in those categories that they're really focused on. So let me know what you think of all that. Uh, I appreciate you stopping by, as always. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.